Thank you. 
Colossians, the third chapter, and we will begin reading with verse 15, continuing a message that we began last week, enjoying our privilege. As believers, you and I have certain privileges that the world doesn't have, that those that are not believers cannot enjoy. They belong to you that are children of God. And we're going to talk about a second one today, but verse 15, Colossians 3, let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. Since as members of one body, you were called to peace and be thankful. Let, our topic this morning, verse 16, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom and as you sing. You know, Christian people should be singing people, amen? You notice in that same verse, the word and singing. If you know the word of God, you ought to be something to shout about and sing about, praise God about. It's all in the same verse there. Sing psalms, hymns, spiritual songs with gratitude or thanksgiving in your heart to God. And listen, whatever you do, you call yourself a Christian. Whatever you do, whether in word or in deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. We pray, Father, thank you for your word. Give us ears to hear. Give us hearts to receive. Let your word stir our faith. Let your word encourage, comfort, and work mightily within each one of us. In Jesus' name, and everyone said. We continue our sermon series in the book of Colossians. And again, this morning we want to explore the second part of the sermon that we're calling Three Spiritual Privileges that we enjoy as the people of God. Three benefits that when we really lay hold of them 
It's one thing just to mentally understand something, but it's something when faith really grabs a hold of something, it becomes real and personal. That's another story. But when we lay hold of these truths, and we really put them to work, let and allowing them to work, it'll help you and I to walk in a greater measure of spiritual victory and effectiveness. We studied last time. Here's our three. Number one, the peace of Christ. Verse 15, the peace of Christ. Number two this morning, the word of Christ. Verse 16, the word of Christ. And then the name of Christ. The name of Christ. Verse 17. Last week we emphasized peace is your privilege. Amen. You have a privilege. There's privileges that belong to those that are sons and daughters of God. And peace is one of these privileges. In verse 15, last week we studied, let, allow. We've got a part to do. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. It's called the peace of Christ because it's the peace that he gives. It's not the peace that the world gives. Jesus said, my peace give I unto you, not as the world gives us. So don't let your hearts be troubled. Don't be afraid. I got something better than um, Advil and Anacin and, and Maylock's moments. Hey, man, I got a peace that will stir you and strengthen you and bring you through. So, again, the peace of Christ, last time we said, it's an inner calm, an inner strength. That's not shaken by adversity, not overcome by fear or trial. And though it's not the absence of trial, though we wish it was, that's not yet, but that day is coming. But it's not the absence of trouble right now, but it's divine peace in the midst of such trouble. It's a ministry of the Holy Spirit of God to the believer's heart and to the believer's mind. An inner confidence it grants. An inner confidence that we possess because we know our Heavenly Father has every aspect of our lives under His care and His control. What a peace that brings. Amen. Just to know He's got it covered. Amen. I don't know what tomorrow holds. I can't even read the doctor's handwriting, but this I know. I got a great physician. I got a Heavenly Father. He walks with me. He watches over me. Everything gonna be alright. Can you say amen? A knowing. When we know those things, it really does not part and releases within the heart and mind of the believer an inner stability, an inner security, a rest, a calm, because we have a blessed assurance that God is with us and God is for us. <laughs> God is committed to our lives. Great is His faithfulness to those that love Him and you love Him and I love Him and you're His child. So let's believe His promises and let's trust in His care and let's receive His peace. Can you say amen? I thank the Lord that child of God there is a genuine peace that comes from heaven that abides in our heart that walks with us as we go through this life. It's available to every child of God. It's not just for super apostles. It's not just for these great saints. It's for you and I who love the Lord, belong to the Lord, and will allow or let that peace of Christ rule. Peace is your privilege. And all God's people said. Now this morning we want to look at number two. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. Verse 16. Amen. And we won't get time to talk about the singing part of it. But notice in the same verse, the word and singing go together. I mean, when that word of God's in you, a song going to come out of you. Amen. When you hide that word in your heart, a song of praise is going to flow out of your mouth. Woo! Hallelujah. Because from the abundance of the... The abundance of the what? Woo! 
So when you get that word in your heart, you're going to get a song out of your mouth. Amen. Praise coming. The Bible says in verse 16, let. You got something to do about this. Let or allow the word of Christ to dwell in you richly, warmly, as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom. Hallelujah. What a privilege we have. What a great blessing, a benefit. What eternal dividends we can enjoy when we let the word of Christ be at home in our hearts. Dwell in us richly. You see, dwell means to um, let it feel at home. As opposed to a, a cool reception. I've had warm receptions and I've had cool receptions. I, I, amen. You know the difference. Amen. And it's that dwell, dwell, dwell. Um, um, don't ignore the word. Don't be finicky when it comes to the word. But act like most of you all when you go to Fred's. Just gobble it up and take it all in. Dwell, 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 dwell. It means welcome the word into your heart. Let it take up residence. Give it ample room to speak to you, to minister to you. Let it remain like a rich, honored treasure. Be filled, be ruled, be governed by the word of God. Accept its authority. This is the word of God. It's not the word of man. It's not a philosophy of men. This is the word of God. Accept its authority and assimilate its truth. Get it in you, man. Get it in you. Amen. Let it talk to you. Let it become part of your thinking. Let it become part of your emotional well-being. Accept its authority. Assimilate its truth. And then apply its principles. Don't just admire the word. Act on the word and live according to the word of God. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. You know, Paul is writing to both the church and the individual Christian. He's saying, if you want God's word to have its full effect in you, if you want to get the most out of God's word, receive the greatest blessing from God's word, then welcome and honor and receive warmly that word. Embrace it fully. Feed on it continually. For the best effects, we've said it before, response determines effect. How that word affects me is determined on my response to that word. Will I love the word? Will I honor the word? Will I feed on the word? Will I prioritize the word? Will I obey the word? Will I submit to the word? Will I agree with the word? My response to that word will determine its effect upon my life. Can you say amen? Amen. Allow the word to minister to you. The word of God yearns to minister to you. God's word wants to minister to you. God's word wants to work a good work in you. Let's give it time in our lives. Give it a place. Give it its proper place in our lives. Let's read it. Let's learn it and study it. Let's go to the Bible studies. Let's learn. Let's memorize it. Let's think the word. Let's think the word. Let's believe the word. That's our heart. Let's believe this word. Let's apply. Let's act upon this word. Let's obey. That's the will. Let's the will. Let's obey this word. This word will transform a life. I mean, it'll help us grow spiritually healthy and strong and it'll mature us if we allow it to dwell in us, abiding in us. Jesus said, if my word abides in you, if you'll abide in me and you'll let my word abide in you, you'll be fruitful, you'll be powerful in prayer, 
Amen? You'll stay full of life as you'll be abiding in me. Let it be at home, let it feel at home, let it have its way. As I let, as you let, or give ourselves to the word, as we give ourselves to the word, the word will give itself to us. As we minister to the word, that word will minister to us and release the working of God's power in us. Oh, what wonderful, wonderful things the word of God does to the heart that will receive that word and let it dwell and have its way. Now, for the church body, we recognize the word of God must have priority. It must be exalted in all that we do and all that we believe. In how we act and how we function, our this has to have a that. On the day of Pentecost, I mean, some people said they're drunk. And Peter said, hang on, hang on. You're lost, so you don't understand it. But let me explain. This is that which was spoken by the prophet. Our this has a that. If you see something going on in this house, you can go to the word of God and say, there's the principle, there's the commandment, there's the promise. Come on, say amen to that. In any place of worship you go to, you have the right to say, does your this have a that? That wasn't in the notes, but we'll leave it there. As the church, never, never minimize the Word of God. But teach the Word. And preach the Word faithfully to the children, to the adults. Till all are skilled in handling and applying the Word. Till all are educated and instructed in all the truth. All the truth of the Word. Be directed and be governed by the Word. Not human tradition. Not novelty. That's what's new. Not religious entertainment. Even if it does put seats in the seats. The word of God must govern us and structure us and guide us and determine right and wrong for us. Somebody say amen. In the church, in your home, let the word of Christ dwell richly. Let it be at home. Let it be welcomed. Let it be honored. Let it be esteemed. That little girl... Preacher's visiting the home and mama says, go get the big book we love to read so much so preacher can read to us. You know what she did? She come out with a Sears catalog. Oh, Lord have mercy. <laughs> that home had the wrong book in the wrong place. Amen. Well, we're going to respect this word and honor this word and esteem this word and submit to this word. And now to the individual believer, what a great privilege you and I have as Christians. To be able to read and feed and enjoy the supernatural blessings that come from the Word of God. Isn't that wonderful? We, we don't gotta, you know, some, some of these crazy religions, they gotta get high and get some kind of altered state and get some rebel. We don't need all that foolishness. The B-I-B-L-E. Yes, that's the book for me. I stand alone on the Word of God. The B-I-B-L-E. Woo! Hallelujah. Oh, it's there. God has given us a book. What a thought. God has given us a book. Isn't that right? I mean, people fly out to Dallas, get a big seminar. How to balance your checkbook. Say, good Lord, can't figure that one out on your own. I mean, we're crazy. We run all over. Tell me how to feel good about myself. Run here and there. We got a word from heaven. It'll solve your problems. It'll heal your heart. It'll renew your strength. It'll make you into the man or woman you're meant to be. The word... And I want to get them all through before we get to our points. The Word will work in us. The Word of God will actually minister to us. Operate in us. Positively affect us. 
when we let it. Let the word. Allow the word. 1 Thessalonians 2 and 13. 1 Thessalonians 2 and 13. I want you to get this. We've looked at it before, but it's such a powerful example of how the word works. Paul writes after he encourages the church to walk worthy. and speaks about being like a father and a mother. And he says to the church in Thessalonica, And we also thank God continually. He's thanking God because of their response to the word of God. Because when you received the word of God, which you heard from us, you accepted it, not as the word of men, but as it actually is. The word of God, now here it is, which is at work in you who believe. Where's that word working? In you. If you're believing it. And now you take that simple little verse there. Number one, they appreciated the word. They valued it as the word of God, not the word of man. You have to understand your Bible is not a good book. It's not just a, a good philosophy or a religious book. It is God's word to you. That's the word of God. And so appreciate, put the value on that book as it deserves. They appreciated it, but then they appropriated it. They believed it. They received that word. Don't just admire the word. Don't just nod your head to that word. Take that word and read that word. Take that word and learn that word. Take that word and live that word. They appreciated the word and they appropriated the word. And of course they applied, believed that word. And as they did that, the word in return worked in them. And it's beautiful. Which is at work? Now we said this before, but that word work in the Greek is one of the energy words. If you were to look at it, it's like energio. It's where we get our word energy. It's saying when you believe that word and you reverence the word as you're supposed to, it releases the working of divine energy in your life. That's why it heals wounded hearts. That's why it renews troubled minds. That's why it imparts strength and comfort and encouragement to weary souls. That's why it builds up and makes strong those that will feed on that word and embrace that word and believe the word of God. A supernatural working, a divine energy, what this verse tells us, is released to work in the life of the man or woman that will give themselves to believe that word and live that word and walk in that word. Can you say amen? So I'll say it again, this word will work. It's divine. It's supernatural. And if you'll receive it, you'll release the working of God's power in your life. Now as we give God's word a priority, as we let or allow God's work to dwell in us richly. Number one, it will sustain our lives. A lot of people crumbling under the pressure. A lot of people backsliding because of the tempter. Well, you can stand firm. You can stand victorious. You can prevail regardless of what hell throws against you when your life is built upon the word of the living God. Can you say amen? It will sustain our lives. The word of God will bring a firm foundation. A stability, a consistency into our lives. Again, it'll keep a person from backsliding. Keep a person from crumbling or quitting. This puts some metal in your soul. This puts some steel in your fabric. Can you say amen to that? Oh, yeah. We talk, whose report will you believe? What material are you built on? I like that one. Amen. You find out what someone's made of when the test comes. I mean, anyone can praise the Lord when you just got a raise at work, you know what I mean? And and the tax man said, I overtaxed you, here's a check from Uncle Sam. Oh yeah, then you can get a dead Presbyterian to sing. Amen. 
But oh, when that trial comes, then you find out what someone's built with. Amen? When the test comes, then you find out what men really believe. Oh, Lord. It sustains us. There is a divine building. There is an edifice. We get the word edify. Edifice. You are edified. You are built strong when you take the word of God in. There's a nourishing. Resulting is God's word is allowed to dwell and minister. But remember, we got to eat it. <laughs> we like to say you can starve to death in the middle of public if you don't eat. But you got to take that book off the shelf and put it in your heart and release it from your mouth and let it renew your mind. Come on, say amen. Sustain means the word of God will hold up, will keep together. Matthew 7 and 24, Jesus said, Anyone who hears these words of mine, King James, doeth them, doeth them. To you and I, that means put them into practice. He, Jesus said, is like a wise man that built his house on the rock. And you know when the preacher gets to that story, well, I don't know about other preachers, but this preacher, I get tempted to ask a question. According to Jesus, are you a wise man or are you a foolish man? I'm just quoting Jesus. I'm too shy to bring that up. But he said, if you apply the word, you're a wise man. If you just listen to the word but don't practice the word, you're a foolish man. I mean, that's what Jesus said. We're just quoting him. But let's get back to this. He said, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice, lets, allows. That person becomes like a wise man who built their house upon a rock. He goes on, he says, yes, 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 the rains come upon that man also. The rains hit us. The stream rose, the wind blew, the storm struck even that man that was obeying the word. But that man didn't fall. That woman refused to fall. They were made of better stuff, and I got news for you. If you'll build your life upon the Word of God, you won't fall either. Oh, you'll go through storms. Yes, you'll have your test and trials, but when the smoke clears, you'll be standing because God Almighty, He'll make you stand. His Word will keep you standing. Come on, say amen to that. You don't collapse your life when you're built on God's Word. You know, I think it was Dr. Evans that wrote, he was encouraging the people the importance of having Bible study faithfully reading there's bibles and he said the word is like medicine like medicine is designed to address the comprehensive issues of life a bible that is falling apart usually belongs to someone who isn't falling apart but that bible will keep you strong that bible will sustain you when god's word is allowed and you got to allow it you got to let it when God's word is allowed to dwell, don't watch more Fox News than you read your B-I-B-L-E. Let me just shoot to my crowd. If you do, shame on you. When God's word is allowed to dwell, to work, to rule over us, when we let this divine privilege bless us and build us and better us, we become that divine working. We become a strong people, a steady people, a spiritually, emotionally healthy people that can withstand the storm, that can endure the trial, that can face every hardship without losing heart or falling apart. The Word of God 
is able to make you stand. When you take that word in you, that word will sustain you. That word will keep you. I mean, sometimes your brain is numb, but you're still standing when the smoke clears. Sometimes it's overwhelming what you go through. You think you're in a dreamland, but when everything ends, you're standing firm. Why? Because you have built your life on something stronger than you, on something stronger than me, something stronger than a church, something stronger than than just good philosophy and moral behavior. You have built your life upon the holy eternal, omnipotent Word of the living God. Amen? Number one, the Word of Christ will sustain our lives and give us a firm and sure foundation for life. We say it again. Many are here today not because life's been without storms or life's been without hardships, but because your faith in God and His Word has kept you strong and kept you standing given your life a foundation that stood, that endured, that ultimately prevailed and will continue to prevail. Can you say amen? So number one, this word, when we let it, it sustains us, gives us a foundation. We don't have to fall. We don't have to crumble. We don't have to collapse. We can stand having all to stand. But secondly, when we let the word of God dwell in us, not only does it sustain us, it will satisfy our lives. Oh, taste and see. The Lord is good. Amen. When we, when we let this word of God have its way, it blesses us. It brings a joy, a peace, a happiness, a gladness, a revelation, an understanding. It brings life. There's life in this word. Illuminates the mind. Oh, now I can, now I understand. Now I see God clearly. Now I see myself as His child. Oh yeah, this Word brings life. This Word refreshes the soul. Gives a joy. Gives, like we said, it puts a song in your heart. What a wonderful day. What a glorious day. Oh, this is the day the Lord has made. What a day it will be when my Jesus, I shall see. There's power, power. Wonder-working power in the blood of the Lamb. My name is written. Oh, in the Lamb's book. And, And there's something that goes on. It satisfies the life. It strengthens the spirit with new life. There's a new creation, a regeneration. You know, Jesus said in Matthew 4, man does not live by natural bread alone, but on every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. The spiritual nourishment, the spiritual energy, the spiritual grace of God, the word of God, imparting, implanting, releasing life into the soul, into the person that loves Christ. The health, the nourishment, it brings a mending, it brings a cleansing, a transformation. Ephesians 5 talks about the washing of the Word. Isn't it wonderful? I've read a lot of things that it taints you and dirty you, but this Word washes, washes, washes. Psalm 107 speaks about the healing of the Word. He sent His Word and healed them. There's healing in that Word. And as you receive it, it'll work wonders in your life. Jeremiah speaks about the fire of the Word. You know, the fire will consume all things, but brings power in life to new things. Oh, that Word ignites power. Revelation 1, uh, Psalm 1 and 19 speaks about the light or the revelation of the word. We don't have to stumble. This word teaches us the way. This word gives us light for our decisions. Amen. Oh, again, 119. It speaks about the, the joy or the, the sweetness of the word like honey to my mouth. That's why the word of the Lord keeps a song in your heart. It's a joy in your soul. 
Hallelujah. Let me give you a warning. Oh, we got to have a warning. Beware of receiving words that tear down. Words that deceive and defile. They're out there, you know. They're out there. Some have been led astray by false and deceptive words. Some have been wounded by toxic words. Some have received wrong words that have confused them and ultimately harmed them and afflicted them. And if you've been a victim of such a word, I want you to know that Jesus, He's got a better word for you this morning. That God has a good word. God has a healing word. God has a cleansing word. God has a strengthening word. He's got a word that will mend the broken heart. He's got a word that will soar, restore the bruised psyche. He's got a word that will lift you up and not press you down. A word that builds. A word that blesses. A word that benefits. A word that will lead you in the good in the everlasting way. He's got a word that will make you strong. A word that will make you wise. A word that will keep you sweet. Allow, let the word of God minister to you. Hide it in your heart and speak it with your mouth. Allow the promises to stir your faith and to strengthen your being. Allow the principles to govern and guide how you live and the decisions you make. And let the love of the word of God bathe you and wash you. There's a whole lot of love in that book. God is love. And his word to his people is a good word and a washing word and a refreshing word. And a word that says, I love you and I'm for you and I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. You're accepted not rejected. You're held. You're not discarded. Oh, when you read the Word of God, you put your name in that book and you let those beautiful words of Jesus bless your soul, minister grace to your heart, lift you up, not tear you down, wash you, not taint you, strengthen you, not weaken you, make you reaffirm that you're loved and you're desired and you're special in the eyes of God. Can you say amen? When we let, i got to let it, how do you let it? Well, number one, you read it. How do you let it? You read it. Amen? You learn it. You study it. You believe it. You live it. Amen? Isn't that right? When we let God's Word, the pure, precious Word of the Lord dwell in us, when we let it have its way, daily feeding on its truth, Consistently just meditating, thinking on its revelation. Its power. It's working. It's divine operating. It's released in our lives. And listen folks, it'll energize a life. It'll impart life and strength and comfort and encouragement to build you up. But not only will it energize, it'll start to evict some old words and old thought patterns and old things that are trying to drag you down and taint your soul and your esteem, etc., etc. Old thinking patterns got to go. Old phobias start washing away. Old insecurities get uprooted and cast out. And that, that dear, that dear sweet little, uh, um, that missionary we had, young girl, only about 30 years old, preached like a house on fire a couple Wednesdays ago. She talked about them labels the devil tries to put on people. Amen? The labels that try to take out our light, and take out our joy, and take out our strength. But as this word works in one's heart, it evicts the old words. Tell that old life, new sheriff in town, Jesus, and his word 
And we're going to believe his report. We're going to accept what he says. And we start evicting, evicting, evicting. Amen. That old insecurity, be evicted. That old word that ugly person said about you, be evicted. That old word people condemn you, be evicted. Got a better word. Got a sure word. Got a precious word. The word of the Lord. Hallelujah. Mm. Number one, when we let the word of God work in us, it will sustain us. You can have a firm foundation for your life, for your home. It'll endure every storm. It'll keep you strong regardless what hell throws against you. No longer I that liveth, but Christ that liveth within me. Amen. It's his strength. It's his word that keeps us. But it'll also satisfy. Because his word brings a revelation of who you are as a child of God. It helps you really understand what happened on Calvary through the shedding of that blood. It helps you understand who you are now and believe that and receive that and see yourself differently and have that joy of the Lord. Amen. It washes us and bathes us and renews us. Oh, wow. But the word will sustain us. The word will satisfy us. And the word, when we let the word of Christ dwell in us, it will supervise our lives. Directing our lives. How many know mistakes are costly? Anybody? Mistakes are costly. Ask someone that married the wrong person. Costly. 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 Costly to disregard the word. Costly to ignore the Almighty's instruction. Costly. Oh, yes it is. But if you'll let this word rule in your heart, if you'll let this word be the governor of your life, You'll make the wise decision. You'll stay on the righteous path. My Lord, have mercy. When we let the word of Christ dwell in us, supervises our lives, directs our lives, guides our lives. This word cries out to you and I this morning. This is the way. Walk ye in it. The word of the Lord. It oversees, it governs, it navigates, directs our steps, directs our decisions, directs the seeds we sow. The words we speak, the responses we make. Psalm 119 and 105, we all should know it. Thy word, thy word, thy word. Amen. Not the newspaper, no, 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 not the whatever. No, thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. My Lord, my Lord, in a dark world, in a corrupt age, I need a light to guide me. I need a light to show me the way. I need the light of heaven so I won't stumble and mess up and fall into the enemy's snare and stumble over the things he's laid before me to trip me up and mess me up and take me on the I need the light of heaven to take me through this darkened world. How about you? The light of the word of God keeps us from the wrong path. Light's a beautiful thing. It keeps us to see clearly and walk securely, steady, confidently. You show me a man or woman that really knows that book and they're confident. Confident. When you can see, it's wonderful. I'll take all the lights off on a Wednesday night when I'm closing down. It's real dark. Amen? Can't see anything. You're not used to it. You think that's a hall. You're walking in that chair. Amen. I mean, you're tripping over that. When it's dark out, very tender. You're a little scared when it's dark, isn't it? When you're unsure about things, you're a little, can't see. I've got to be cautious, fearful. Boom, hit something. But when I can see, it's easy. 
stressless. Amen? I'm confident. I can move. I can see it. I can avoid it. Not even. Right? I can walk home. I don't know. I can walk around you. Amen? Thy word. Woo! A lamp unto my feet. And a light. And a light. And a light unto my pathway. When we all think back, and I said we all, so we all in this one. When we all think back to some silly, dumb decisions we made. How many of us said, if only I would have seen it. We make some false moves when things are dark, don't we? But when we can see it. <laughs> now I'm getting near you with a 20-foot pole. Amen. I'm going to say it's far away from that mess that you forget that. I can see. Thank God for the light of His Word. We need the light of God's Word to supervise and direct us. For it's a dark world and it's full of traps. It's full of snares. That the Listen, many a calling has been destroyed because a young person couldn't navigate and they took a wrong route. And you can't wake up at 38 and make it all over again. Life don't work that way, honey. It just don't work. you got to walk it right. How many old people doing so good, doing so good? Sometimes I think they know more than what they know. We know nothing if we stop feeding on that book. Amen? Jesus said, you got to abide in me and that word remain in you. Amen? I can't just live off yesterday's victory. I can't just live off yesterday's Sunday school class. Amen? Oh, no, no. I can't live off VBS when I was 12. i got to have something fresh. Amen. i got to abide in this. This is where God stay in me. Because I've got decisions to make today that still determine my tomorrows and the tomorrows of those that are coming behind me. Every man forges a path someone else is going to have to walk through. Men, you live. And how you live will determine how your children live. You're going to live and you're forging the path. And they're coming behind you. They're coming behind you. For good, bad, or whatever. They're coming behind you. Every man is going to dig a well. Others will drink from. Every man forges the path. Others are forced to follow. Let's let the light of God's word guide our steps. Govern our decisions. And lead us in the good way. In the righteous way. In the way of victory. Can you say amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Oh glory. We live in a world. Where there's so much. Humanistic philosophy. There's so much deceptive values and worldviews. And you know there's a lot of false paths. And there's different gospels. In fact Jesus said the devil is a. He's a liar! And many lives have been destroyed by his lies. They've been deceived and destroyed. Much destruction, confusion, and harm has come because of the lies of the evil one. That even in this present hour, even some believers are being tossed about and confused as far as right and wrong. Bombarded. By the lies of this present age. Becoming desensitized to God's will and God's way and God's value system. But when we allow the word of God to be at home. 
and have its proper place in our thinking and in our reasoning and our deciding and in our evaluating, then we can walk the walk of the wise. We can be sensitive and not callous to the Spirit's call and the Spirit's direction and the Spirit's encouragement. Then we can be illuminated and not darkened in our understanding. Living in the light of God's Word will keep us from the many, many deceptions and detours and temptations that are leading people astray and shipwrecking many a faith and destroying many a calling. But instead, if we'll let and allow the Word of God to dwell in us richly, warmly, welcome the Word, love the Word, esteem the Word in your heart and in your home, live it, honor it, guide, be guided by it. And then we can abide in the path of the righteous. Then we can dwell under the shadow of the Almighty. Then we can enjoy the guiding hand of heaven, steering our every step every day. Can you say amen? My friend, the greatest counselor, the greatest guide, the greatest leader, the greatest advisor of the word and the wisdom of God. Hallelujah. If you let the word of God dwell, it will sustain you. It will satisfy you. It will supervise you. Don't have time to go into the last one. It will strengthen you for this fight of faith that we all face. The word of God arms and equips us to fight the good fight of faith. It's the word of God that enables us to be victorious in these battles of faith, taking new ground, holding the old ground. Jesus said it is written when he fought the devil. He used that word. He spoke that word. The Apostle Paul, when he was giving us an illustration of spiritual weapons, he said, the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. We can't go deep into this. But if you're going to take new ground, you need to know the Word. If you're going to take hold your ground and fight that devil, you need to know the Word. That Word, you can speak it and run them off. How do you resist the devil? Speak that Word. How do you claim the new promise? Believe that word. Act on that word. But we must, as we come closing this part of our service, we must value the word of God and allow it to have its proper place in our lives. Very important that we really understand the value of God's word and esteem it and allow it. I read a story some years ago, true story, you know, most robbers aren't too bright, but some are less bright than others. Amen. I mean, there's dumb and then there's dumber. There we go. True story. True story. A man by the name of Danny Simpson. Danny Simpson, at the age of 24, he robbed a bank in Ottawa, Canada at gunpoint. He robbed the bank of $6,000 shortly after he was captured. But the real tragedy of this true story, is that the weapon he used to rob the bank was a 1918 45 caliber semi-automatic Colt worth $100,000. So Danny, the not-too-bright <laughs> bank robber, robbed a bank for $6,000 with the weapon in his hand worth $100,000. Now, Danny's problem was that he didn't know what he had. Is one of many problems. Danny's problem was he didn't know what he had in his hand. Amen. Amen. You know what you got in your hand? Amen. Oh, yeah. 
Oh man, this is meat for men, milk for babes. This is it right here. Hallelujah, hallelujah. If he had, he probably wouldn't have chosen to be a thief. Because what he had in his possession would have given him so much more. What we got in this word, the word of Christ, reveals heaven's wisdom, imparts heaven's strength, releases heaven's ministry to our soul. Amen? Amen. Oh, wow. God is good. May we all make... That was a personal thing. This, our Bible time is personal. It's a personal decision. Amen? But may we all make a fresh commitment to the Word of God. Read it, live it, and let it have its proper place in working in our lives. Friends, the benefits are abundant. <laughs> the benefits are out of this world. Amen? Now, I want to look at our text one more time before we get to communion. Because I want you to notice in our text, there was just three verses, but each verse spoke of with thanksgiving, with thanksgiving, with gratitude in our hearts. Communion is thanksgiving. It's the giving of thanks, remembering and giving of thanks. I think of our text, I think how, let the peace of Christ rule and be thankful. Verse 15. Our text this morning, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, with the end, with gratitude in your hearts to God. Verse 17, and whatever we do, whether word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks. Giving thanks. We want to give thanks this morning for the greatness of our God and the mercy of His grace. We want to give God thanks this morning that He sent His only begotten Son to die on a cross for our sins. They shed His blood that I could be forgiven and you could be forgiven. That our terrible deeds in our past life could be forgotten by God, thrown as far as the east is from the west. We could stand before God pure, forgiven, cleansed and righteous, all because of the cross of Calvary and the blood of Jesus. Amen? And Jesus said that when we do this, we should remember him and give him thanks. Does everybody have their communion elements? Amen. And and, and just for a little side note, we'll probably need a garbage can in the back, guys. I I don't know. I think Brother Dave's sick. So we'll we'll need that at the end of the service so the people have some place to put this and don't have to stick it in their pocket. Amen. And it's on the back table. If anyone needs any, anyone doesn't have one, I can, I, I can stall just a bit. And the Bible says in 1 Corinthians, the 11th chapter, Paul writes, For I received from the Lord what I also passed on to you. The Lord Jesus, on the night that he was betrayed, he took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. I think he got up. Pastor Todd, would you thank him for his broken body? Amen. Hallelujah. Heavenly Father, we love you. We praise you today, Father. Lord, we thank you for this opportunity, Lord, to come together to remember all that you've done for us, Lord Jesus. Lord, we thank you today for the giving of yourself, for giving your body to be broken. Lord, we thank you, Lord, that you were wounded for our transgressions, Lord. You were bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon you, Lord, and by your stripes we're healed. And Lord, we thank you today. We remember today, and we thank you for this body. 
your body that was broken for us. And as we partake today, we ask your blessings upon this time. And we give you glory for it in Jesus' name. Let's partake together. Go ahead and thank the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for your body. Thank you for your body. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We remember your sacrifice. And we give you thanks. And we give you praise. And we give you honor. Hallelujah. And then the Bible goes on to say that in the same way, after the supper, Jesus took the cup. And he said, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. And this cup represents his blood shed for you and I. What can wash away our sins? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. But it did wash them away. Amen. And we are cleansed today. So with hearts of thanksgiving, with hearts of gratitude, we take this with a spirit of celebration, not mourning, because he's alive. Amen. And we're the recipients of it. Brother Uni, would you thank the Lord for his shed blood? partake with thankful hearts oh thank you Lord thank you Lord thank you for forgiveness thank you that I'm forgiven thank you there's no more condemnation thank you Lord <laughs> our lawless deeds you remember no more thank you Lord you are clean and pure in your sight and we give you praise I want to do this if you would Let's close with, we stand and let's sing a song of praise to God. But if you need special prayer, if maybe you need to make a fresh commitment to the Lord, please come and someone will pray with you. Or you just need prayer. Maybe you need a touch in your body. Well, the healer is here. His name is Jesus. Maybe you just need something that's happening in your life and you want someone to join with you and believe God. Well, you come down and let's watch God do mighty things. He wants to touch your life. Let the Lord touch your life this morning. Let's praise the God together.